There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to the Star Power Podcast on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss Stargirl on the DC Universe streaming service and CW channel. I'm Dave. I'm Sean Fangirl S. I'm back. Yay. <laughs> Hi, Sean. <laughs> and the rest of our superpower team has had to take a time out. So it's just Dave. Secret and I. mission. They're on a secret mission. Well, I didn't want to say their mission. Oh, right. <laughs> Well, I'm using reverse psychology, so they're, <laughs> they're not on a secret mission, you're saying. All right, tonight we're discussing episode nine, Brainwave, which is what we used to call someone in high school. <laughs> Tensions rise among the JSA members after Courtney suggests who she wants to recruit next to the team. Meanwhile, Barbara invites Jordan and his family over for dinner, and Henry Jr. makes a surprising discovery about his father. This episode was written by Colleen McGinnis, and it was directed by Tamara Davis, who also did several episodes of You're the Worst, Alone Together, Future Man, and get this, High School Musical. Huh. Huh. Oh. She knows her I, kids. I guess she does. I'm just going to say I'm agreeing with the rest of the JSA on this one anyway. Yeah, as far as what is concerned. Oh, that who's joining? This is a bad idea to rec- recruit Junior. I think he does have a heart, but it, it's kind of a burnt-out cinder by the end of this episode. Especially if, well, we won't go through the spoiler alerts yet. But All I do right. favor for the end of the podcast here. A tin foil hat there ain't no oh, those. I ah. do love them so much. Well, because there's so much to kind of unpack in this one. Where shall we begin, Dave? Well, I got four main topics I'd like to discuss, if that's okay with you. The first one's called Henry's Plight. Second one is Sidelining Cindy, which I had a problem with, but maybe it's for the better. Third is Yolanda's Revenge, and the fourth is Barbara Knows. <laughs> now, there's a spoiler alert. Plus, we got some odds, and then we can talk a little bit about the seven soldiers of victory if we have time. And, of course, any thoughts on a dinner scene? An Easter egg and the tinfoil hat theory. Ooh, there's a lot to discuss. There is. There's so much. So, all right. Take us into the first the Henry's first topic. Tight. Yeah, so we start out with Henry, who always has a furrowed brow. You notice that? That kid's going to have wrinkles there oh, soon. Oh, man. Poor kid. Great head of hair, though. (laughs) So he discovers the closet. He sees his father's really sad. I never liked that uniform. But then, of course, is the heartbreaking picture of his mother in a closet full of VHS tapes. And he has to. He has to see him. I think Steve and I discussed earlier, well, the closet full of VHS tapes. I got to have to see him sooner or later. And here we go. Right. And I was really wondering, it's like, is he going to even know what the heck they are? I feel like so many people now are like, what the heck are these? What do you do with this? Same with the cassette tape. So I was like, man, I'm feeling yeah, no, old all for? of a sudden. <laughs> I was feeling super old was when he opened that. All of a sudden, I'm like, ugh. It's a good thing he didn't start, get out the Christmas presents and start unspooling tape to like to wrap them with it or something. <laughs> what do I do with this? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ugh. So naturally, you know, I saw it. There was a couple of incongruities 
in this episode. We don't necessarily have to discuss them, but I thought I saw the VHS player in there. The next thing you know, he's plugging in a tape and he's watching it out there in the office, whatever. So I guess we're to understand he moved the VHS player. Well, it also looked like it was on one of those stands, like back from when I was in school, when they bring that into the room and you're like, yes, movie night, you know, whatever for class. We didn't have to sit there through something that was boring. And you have to get a 10-year-old to program it for right. you. <laughs> <laughs> so the opening of the episode says several decades ago. And I'm like, well, I hope it's not too many decades ago because it looks like Henry's Jr. is about to graduate and his father isn't that old. So how about two decades ago? Yeah, I know. I was thinking that myself. And I'm like, okay, maybe three max. Yeah, and that's max, really kind max. of pushing wow, it. Wow, I know. Because yeah. I'm looking, it's like, okay, he's got VHS tapes. Looking at what people are wearing. I'm like, it can't be that long ago. Because, Uh, yeah, yeah, unless dad had them kind of late in life, I wouldn't really (laughs) say it was the 70s. I'm saying, like, the 80s, maybe. Uh, Late 80s, yeah. But then when you look at his hair, it's like, ugh. Ooh, yeah, that looks like a Archie Comics 60s (laughs) type of hair. Yeah, when you're looking at the hair, it's like, uh, I'm not quite sure. So he's a geek. He's a geek. And it seems to me, Sean, that, I don't know. He's kind of like a killer from the get-go. We have a flashback where he gets surprised in a parking lot. You can actually read the guy's, the mugger, let's call him, his thoughts before he approaches. Mm -hmm. And this he's dictating his memory to whoever's watching his tape, the Smithsonian, or his son in this case. He's a scientist. You know, he's recording everything. Yeah, that's right. Always, Always be recording. That's what Batman would do. Yeah, so he's a geek. He's got the bad hairstyle. He's always in a lab coat. He's a bit wrapped up in himself. Sorry, geeks out there. I'm a geek too. And then he kills a guy. The guy's about to shoot him and he, the gun flies away. He goes into his seizure. He runs back. I take it to the lab, records this. He says he's guilty. I think I did it. I gave him the seizure. And so at the end he goes, that makes this part of the test a success. I know. It's like, <laughs> okay, I guess this is a way a scientist might see it. I don't know. I feel like maybe they would be a little more distraught unless this is something you've done. What have I done? Yeah, a little more often than we're aware. Yeah. So his father hangs him upside down in a well because he stole a ball. Yeah, what what kind of psychopath did you grow up with? I think Batman fell down a well or at least a crevasse or something discovered the future Batcave. But his father rescued him. This guy's hanging him by the ankles. You ever do that again, I'm going to let go. Wow. 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 Yeah, but everybody else is messed up. It's not because you have been messed up. Exactly. It's this weird form of projection. It's Mm -hmm. like me against the world. That's really important. Because when you read other people's minds, you're not reading their overt self, their social self, what's governed by the superego. You're reading their id, the stuff they don't safeguard because no one can hear it. Right. (laughs) Except these two. So yeah, that's the first thing that comes in. And then you have an ego, which is yourself, and then you have your superego, which governs your morality, which is everyone else, which is Courtney trying to get across to him later. Deep down inside, I think you're mistaking people, and you should know yourself is a little better. I know it's true. These two guys, I'm not sure Henry, but Henry Sr. just couldn't get past that stage. I feel like even after watching everything, Junior wasn't understanding the bigger picture. And when Courtney came to talk to him, it just wasn't clicking. Yeah. It's like, yeah. And then when you think about it, when you hear what 
the dad had done to him as a child, which I'm sure that wasn't the only psycho thing that was done. <laughs> Probably. And then you move forward and see how just mean he was to Junior. Yeah, yeah. It's like, this is just like a cycle that's not ending. You created a bully. It you were family. created. Yeah, it, and okay, we somehow think that this kid's going to grow up and be normal? No. No. Do we care? Do no. we care about Henry Jr.? I, we, I know we have to because he's going to be Brainwave Jr. or the next Brainwave. <laughs> but how much do you have invested in Henry Jr. as a character? I don't. I mean, like, personally, I'm just thinking I'm kind of on Yolanda's side in this. You're a jerk. Yeah. You're not going to be <laughs> saved. And I, I don't blame her in the least with what yeah. happened with her little spiel. But what I didn't understand was if there was even a sliver of light in him that we're supposed to see right not counting how he feels about his dad because you know what even when you have craptastic relationship with somebody if they're family a lot of times you'll see past stuff when it's bad and that's why certain things keep happening over and over and over and mm. you know some abusive relationships because it's hard to see it but if we were supposed to see that light at all that would have been the moment with yolanda and or, or I didn't see it. Yeah. Yeah, we didn't. Or when he did agree with uh, Courtney about uh, what was his name? The kid that died. Oh, the uh, magician's kid. Yeah. Where is that? Oh, my, my gosh. Someplace. I can't. <laughs> no, it's not Henry. <laughs> he's no, he's Henry. <laughs> it's like Joel or something like that or whatever. Joey. Yeah, Joey. I think it was Joey. You can write us an email if that's right. Yeah. He didn't deserve to die, nor his father. And I think Courtney, at that point where she visits him in, in the smelly hospital, you know, she didn't play her hand well. You got to read the room. He's visiting his, his dad, who's in a coma in the room. And she's like, wow, he, I know he teaches like crap, but I'm sure things can be better. Like, hey, my dad's lying right there. He can't hear you, but just stop calling him crappy. Right. And, when she's like, oh, it must have been hard. Yeah. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe bring it back enough. Can't wait till you turn 16. And then that lawyer, though, hmm? that, that lawyer. Oh, yeah, later on? Oh, yeah. What yeah. the hell? Yeah, like father, like son. Yeah, that, that <laughs> Is your crazy. nose bleeding or you're happy to see me? <laughs> when that, that guy came in, I'm like, well, this is, do you even have a name in this episode? <laughs> That's comic. what I was I just know. thinking. He knows I'm lying. I'm a lousy liar. I just, I didn't understand that, like, written in there at all, but... Well, it gave him it gave him an opportunity to to choice or a choice in his morality. He 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 chose just like his father chose instead of like go away bad mugger or go away dirty lawyer. He killed him instead. Oh yeah, I guess that makes more sense now. Yeah, but Henry should have had a better upbringing, despite who his father is. And at least his his father didn't hang him upside down in the well. He's just passive aggressive, as far as we know. Yeah, but there could be more. We really yeah, there don't could know. be more. We don't know. Oh. And so, we don't ever know what happened to his mother, right? I can't I don't recall. So. I can't recall. I know what happened to Jordan McKent's wife. Yeah, I don't think they mentioned what happened huh. to Brain his waves. mom. Hmm. Although I fully am going to put it on the shoulders of uh, Daddy until we yeah. know better. Do you agree with Courtney's gambit, which almost split the team, about having Henry join because kind of in between? Do you think that was a worthy gambit? Because even in the beginning when she's like emptying her soul to Pat and Pat's got his back turned as he's studying something. And she says, ah, let's invite Henry. He turns around like, what? Yeah, I thought it was really a dumb move. And just trying to see the bigger picture, I'm like, okay, I understand what she's saying. 
but you literally know nothing about this kid. You are still super new. Yeah. Although I believe they said it's been a couple months at this point. Mm-hmm. You're still super new. You don't know anything about this kid. He may have been a total jackass for like the last 15 years. And you're like, no, he's a good kid. Why? Deep down. Yeah. Well, you know what? Yeah, I'm not so sure about the gambit either. But when Courtney said to the gang, let's invite Henry, we can skip to, I called it the third topic, Yolanda's Revenge, because it really flows from here. Her reaction was the most visceral. She's like, are you are you kidding me? You know, him after what he did to me. And I'm like, I'm sitting there watching it on team like, what do you do to her? <laughs> I was trying to think, was there a fight? Did I miss an episode? And then they mean the picture thing. Oh, right. Yeah. The picture thing on the cell phones. Which we all know it wasn't him, but she doesn't know. She still does not know that it was Cindy. Yeah. And it's not what. like he's like, like I said, in that moment when she, when she is super pissed and confronting him later, yeah, that would have been the moment for him to try to redeem himself to say it wasn't me. Cindy. You know, even though that sounds like an excuse, say hmm. something. Yeah. So I have a couple of notes under Yolanda's Revenge. <laughs> Making it personal, but standing up for the team. She really took it personal. I mean, she walked out of the team, on the team there at school. And I'm not sure if it's the next time we see her, but she, what's he go? He goes to, to the water cooler to take a couple of pills for his aching head. And the next thing you know, he's being dragged into like closet. I love how all of these rooms are like, Super dark, except yeah. all of the the nurses' well, stations are like right there. And the closet has a window too, because yeah. all the closets have everything windows. has windows <laughs> open. Obviously, it was pretty badass. So it was really. I mean, she looks good in that. the The mask is a little oversized for her. Maybe they can slim it down a bit. But oh man, I, she had such a Batman vibe. First of all, they had her in half shadow, but they also had or half light, I should say her shadow against the wall. So when she spoke, you could see her lips moving on the shadow. And it was so ominous. I honestly didn't notice that. I just was trying to figure out, and I think it totally because where my head was, I was trying to figure out why she pulls him in and then does this crazy jump away. So I'm in the high ground. (laughs) And I'm watching it like, was that really necessary? (laughs) I mean, if he has psychic powers, it doesn't matter. Maybe she caught him off guard. I thought she was going to flash the claws just to make it a little more threatening. I don't know why she didn't. She wanted to prove it to him. Like, hey, I got this. She admits that how much he hurt her. And she admits how uh, that she loved him or loves mm-hmm. him because used, she used the present tense. And even when she thought that, she shook her head like, oh, why'd I say that to myself? Right. And that kind of even had him taken aback. Yeah, it took, made him take pause. And again. This is where you try to redeem yourself. Show that there's something. Yeah. But that's not what happened. That seems to be a WB thing. And I, I, I used to watch Green Arrow and Flash a lot. Then I dropped Green Arrow. Then I dropped Flash. And it, it, it's just like smart people doing dumb things. Like, here's your opening. Take it. We know how smart you are. And then nothing comes to it. I mean, yes, they're human. But I don't know. Does it bother you? That they do stupid things? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. <laughs> Obviously, there could be some of it written off as, oh, they're just kids and they're dealing with both their emotions and they suddenly have superpowers and everything. But I feel like you still have a brain in your head. Yeah. He heard her say to herself that she loves him and he could have said, I love you too, or I loved you too, or Lisa, or 
something that she could recognize. It wasn't me. I I loved you. I was never going to hurt you. Something. Freaking cry and like make it real. I don't know. Make it real. Use the pain. I, I get migraines. Trust me, you can cry. So if you got that much pain in your head, use it. Yeah, especially you have a close relationship like that. They're alone together. You just spill the beans. Right. Oh, well. Anyway, when she looked totally badass. She acted badass. And she did make it about her friends to like leave Courtney, her family, and my friends alone. Mm-hmm. Did she say, I'll kill you or I'll kill you? I do believe she did say, I'll I kill you. I think she did. <laughs> Yikes. And that's when all of a sudden he went back to, I'm going to look at you yeah, from yeah. under my eyebrows kind of thing. Yeah. I hate that. I yeah. hate that thing. And I know people do it all the time. Huh. Uh, I don't know. Especially with the shadow. It looks like he had a giant bag forehead going. But Neanderthal. <laughs> I know. I'm dark. So she swooshes out the window. And I noticed it was the sound effects like a Batman cape. Every time Batman exits the window, you hear a whoosh because it's supposed to be the cape. She whooshed too. I don't know how much of a, a vortex you can leave behind you. <laughs> right. Wearing a cat suit. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of tight. That's the point. Yeah, really. And I had long hair. I don't remember ever whooshing out of a room with my hair. But, <laughs> Maybe it was know. the ears. <laughs> that was not pretty so cool. aerodynamic. No. So I, I had another topic, which was originally number two, but we got into Yolanda, which is quite worthy. And sidelining Cindy, they sidelined what was like, had become the biggest star of the show, pretty much. I mean, Breck. Messenger is great, and she is Stargirl, and she is the star of the show. But uh, I don't know, substar, co-star, like hit star, whatever you want to call it, is Cindy. Because like, what is that crazy ass? You know what? Gonna do next? Right. And the fact that they are totally taking her out of play. They have, according to everything, removed her from school. There's nobody at the house. Yeah. She's being locked up. Which I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Is she going to have some quote unquote conditioning? You know, <laughs> that's what I was wondering. Yeah. But then as we're seeing Daddy Dearest, the Dragon King, talk to his minions with the uh, uh, gasser that used to help. Yeah, she used to like it when she was a baby. I was like, what? <laughs> She's crying too much. Let's just gas her. <laughs> as soon as he said that, I'm like, oh, this poor girl. She has had more than just experiments done on her is all I was thinking through the whole thing. But the way she flipped and she's like, I'll kill you. Like I killed mom. It's like, oh, and there's no regret there suddenly. Yep. As he gives the slow walk over there, looks at her and she she gives the fake nice. I knew you couldn't lock up your own daughter. Oh, see, I felt like that was super smug. Yeah. Oh, it was smug. He did the slow walk and he just takes the, the little shutter and slam. (laughs) <laughs> and she's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to be using my weapons to try to get out. And like, yeah, he ain't going yeah. anywhere, honey. Yeah. So that was weird. I mean, first of all, I mean, she had her moment, but we're so used to seeing a lot of the episodes revolve around here and how awful she can be and how terrible and how she can turn on the charm and then turn it off in, in just a second. And she threatens her father, as we spoke of, and then plays nice with him. But nope. And he's like, give her the gas. And then I, I I was thinking back to the last episode, though, how easily they kind of grabbed her. I mean, oh, yeah, I know minions, she was yeah. kind of stunned, but yeah. they grab her and they're taking down sewer. I'm like, yeah, drag her to hell. Eternal, but upside down. I'm like, can you at least, like, I don't know, give her some gas or a shot? Something that seems to make her not fight because. Yeah, yeah I know. She was putting up 
her she's own. A good, she's a good fighter, superior. To, yeah. To Corbin. And then suddenly it's like, oh no, I can't move. Oh well, TV rules again. So that's why I was like, I felt like it was a little too easy. And yeah, I feel like she's going to be conditioned by the time she goes back. Yeah. I missed her in the episode. I know she's kooky, but maybe they decided it's a little, give her pause on someone who's, it takes up that much. I mean, is the center of gravity to everything. Let's, let's put her in a room writer wise and uh, move along with the story because Cindy (laughs) sucks everything into a black hole and it's all about her. That is true. And everything that happened with her leading up to this, it's like, yeah, you almost want to follow her story over Courtney. Yeah, I know. I know. What's this? When does the spinoff series start? So it's probably a good idea. They're pulling her back a little. So the last topic I picked was Barbara knows with an exclamation point. I guess before we get to that, we might as well discuss the dinner scene since that's uh, the most awkward, unplanned first date ever. Yeah. Hi, Cam. What are you doing here? Right. (laughs) Like, uh, hi. Hold on. What? It was weird. That's all Barbara's doing. She's trying. She's trying to be nice. She feels bad for walking out on Jordan. Well, he, he, I get it wasn't that a car accident. That's excusable. You know? I get that, but yeah. I really felt like she is oblivious to the way Icicle's looking at her, basically, because I don't feel like it's just a coworker kind of vibe that he's putting off. Yeah, they had that weird dinner together. That was he, the smallest damn table ever. <laughs> I'm just nice, saying because nice restaurant. Is, yeah. But why did it feel like a little patio table? It was, like, it, was it was intimate. Yeah. When you have an intimate dinner like that, I mean he played it straight still. I don't know how many other members of the team there. Maybe it was just those two, but that's a little uh iffy too. You don't exactly do that with your new underling. Yeah, and she just seems so oblivious. It's like how how are you this oblivious? You're at this nice restaurant. Yeah, you know, and when he's like, oh, I have to go see a friend. Yeah, have some dessert. I have it being billed to my room. It's like, uh, you're my boss. This is feeling really weird. I don't know. Are they trying to play up Barbara that this is why she hasn't caught on to anything yet? I guess. I don't know. Maybe that just totally served as the, the scene that was supposed to approach the Nick, the penultimate scene to the show. Because it was clumsy. They couldn't understand the grandparents. They had to do... Everything mostly in Norwegian, and then they have a nice prayer with has death or enemies at the end of it, and no one understood except them. And is he completely taking his child out of the equation because his kid doesn't know what the heck is being said? Cameron, yeah, he's like the only one that isn't being groomed or close to being groomed right now. Right. That is weird. Makes you think he, he might be forced into it, or maybe Courtney's wrong and Henry isn't the one vulnerable. Maybe it's Cameron. You know, Which maybe that's she... what I kind of felt like in the beginning, mm-hmm. because he did something nice for Yolanda. He did kind of this undercover, quiet, artist, geeky kind of thing. But he does not seem like he knows anything about his dad, which a lot of the kids didn't. But also that his dad isn't hoping for him to take over at all. Like he's not watching him just to see and it's like, okay, let me get him to do this. I mean, yeah, no, yeah. you're so much. I feel like he is, he's already said it too. You're so much like your mother because she was an artist and this. So right, maybe right. it's almost guilt. Like he doesn't want him to be part of it. He's not around. Well, his father admitted he's not around anyway. Mm-hmm. Still, they seem pretty affectionate. I mean, it was like a couple episodes. They went out to that little diner where the waitress sat there. who's one of them's birthday. And you always feel pretty sympathetic. For both of them, including Icicle. Yes. 
see, that's what they could have done for Henry, but they didn't. Yeah. So speaking of icicle, a little red alert goes off in court. And he said, Pat, I need to go in the kitchen now. Help me something with the oven. So I'm like, what? And he opens, she opens up the oven. He looks in there and he goes, there's nothing in there. <laughs> no kidding, Pat. <laughs> I want to talk to you about icicle. I took something red hot out of there. He handled it without even burning his fingers. It's kind of dumb on his part. It was, especially when she's walking out with oven mitts. But I'm yeah. also thinking, if dinner's already done, why is the oven still on unless it's dessert? But that's my, yeah. that's yeah. coming from somebody who bakes a lot. So, you know, well, it's, that's where I'm The oven's thinking. still on because they had this, all, everyone selling, second, took second helpings, especially Mike, who, who scooped the last one just ahead of George's. Ah, it's gone. Too bad. Was Mike not being a little, what's the word I'm looking Fresh. for? No, uh, snide, smartass. Like the looks that he's given him, like a little passive aggressive. And when he takes the last of the the food, where'd that come from? I'm wondering if he's even picking up on what vibe he ice school throwing out to Barbara. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe that'd be cool. Because he's become pretty close to Barbara. And then last episode, we see him basically. He apologized, and you know, it's like you're my big sister and you know Mm -hmm. like this is the family i haven't had for a really long time and so it's like is everybody picking this up except barbara but then i'm like well i don't think courtney's picking up courtney's picking up now the whole he touched a hot pan and didn't even (laughs) i know yeah so she figured out that one of her arch enemies is at dinner but the first thing she thinks of is uh you think camera's gonna be affected like all the other ones not that her mother's in danger or right you know know, what about my boyfriend might be a bad guy. Isn't that bad, Pat? He should look at her like, that's what you're worried about? Your love life? Well, and at the end, when she's all super awkward, like, I get I yeah. get it that you're awkward in a lot of positions when you're a kid. But, and okay, not even but. In spite of everything that happened for this dinner and not expecting this to happen, you know, the guy who asked you to homecoming and he's suddenly here in your house. And mm-hmm. it's like, I didn't even have a time to adjust to wow he asked me out and then all of a sudden the dad's like i wanted to know about the girl who he's talking so much about it's like how did did that creep level go up for you yeah and then she's sitting there it's like her awkwardness like jumped (laughs) up even uh, more he put his hand on her soldier a shoulder which is yeah which is supposed to be like a friendly act but she speaking of icicle she was like (gasps) she just froze like yuck Hands off, buddy. Well, okay, I I probably would have too in that position. Uh, Not so much because he's the bad guy, because it's like, this is so awkward. Do you not realize what's happening right now? Yeah. This is not love connection. We're not (laughs) like, yeah, it was weird. Uh, And the grandparents, super weird. They're evil. They're sweet but evil. So the last topic is Barbara knows, obviously. So. Pat wanted to tell her for how long? Uh, Several times, several times. It it got little, it got, uh, it it wasn't like fringe. Like they put off things forever, but still. (laughs) So Courtney runs down to the basement because they don't have an attic. I would keep creepy stuff in the attic. So they run down to the basement and Pat, she's got the cosmic staff out. He's like, what are you doing? Like, I don't know. Maybe we'll get the staff to read his mind or tell us how he feels or whatever. And Pat's like, are you kidding me? We can't do that. And the next thing you know, Barbara's like, what are you doing? What is that? And she's like, drops the staff and it clatters to the, the floor. And they're all like, uh. Okay. Now, in my opinion here, the staff was only lit up. 
So it wasn't like it was floating around and everything. No, she wasn't riding it around like a broom. Right. So I feel like that could be played off pretty easy. But yeah. yeah. Oh, oh. Yeah, leftover from Halloween. They already had their Halloween episode. Yeah, there you go. It's like, oh, yeah, I got this. I thought you can use it, you know, maybe with some of your gymnastics things. Play Play it off with something. I don't know. But it's not like all of a sudden it was floating around because, yeah, it just goes dark and she drops it. Yeah. Like, oh, does it only work like with body heat it, or something? It didn't, it didn't launch like a cosmic bolt at Barbara to make her forget everything. Boom. Right. And it wasn't making the little sounds it makes. Nothing. Yeah, Come on. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't work for you or it did or somewhere in between? I don't know. I feel like that reveal to Barbara was super lame for you. Yeah. Overall, <laughs> the episode wasn't like, it wasn't a thriller. It had its moments like the previous episode. But even less than the previous episode. It's not bad, but it wasn't like you'd go to the water cooler at work the next day and say, did you see that? Right. Although I would say that in regards to the seven soldiers of victory. Getting a little bit more information from Pat about this group of eight, not seven. (laughs) Yes. I know there's eight. (laughs) And they're like the village people, too. Yeah. (laughs) And I still don't understand who everybody's supposed to be. Well, I know someone posted on the internet, we got a green arrow Easter egg. I'm like, big deal. That, oh, is that no. what it's supposed to be? Uh, well, the green arrow and Speedy were uh, members of the original members of the Seven Soldiers of Victory. And that's like a subgroup. It's like the Teen Titan or Titan okay. the Justice League. They're good, but not that good. And I think even back then, you know, Justice Society of America was the major leagues and the Seven Soldiers of Victory. And Pat claims they saved the world. You know, didn't get credit for saving New York because Pat said something about they created a living weapon. A living weapon? Hmm. I hope we get to see that. To be Solomon Grundy? Maybe that's what I thought of, but I don't know. So I guess, and he wondered aloud, "Are we? I wish I knew where they were now." And we get a shot of Justin in the hallway, bathed in golden sunlight as he mops the floor because everyone mops the floor after hours in the high school. I guess in the middle of the night or whenever, and. He drops a mop, and when he picks it up, isn't that how it happened? It turns into the cosmic staff. I'm yeah. I'm sure that was his imagination, right? Or like a flashback or at least a connection. That's say. what I was trying to figure out because I thought that was really strange. Hmm. I'm like, I was reading some of the stuff, and this is where this comes from. So, and I hope I'm not stepping all over your tinfoil hat. Uh, that doubt it, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> is somehow connected to the Fiddler. That's why he doesn't really remember everything at this point. Well, you think the Fiddler gave him uh, amnesia? Well, that he, what I had read was saying that Justin was the Fiddler's puppet at one point. Oh. After yeah. he left the the Seven. And that's why he's really, really weird. Because <laughs> you figured at this point he would have at least semi-adjusted to at least speaking, I don't know, yeah but then seeing the stripe or seeing the stripes i'm seeing the staff that it is like breaking through something and that's why he's seeing that yeah yeah agreed yeah here's the the breakdown of the original 1941 seven soldiers of victory there was the vigilante which came from action comics the crimson avenger which came from detective com green arrow and speedy that was the big deal that everyone was freaking out. Oh my God, it's Green Arrow. Like, whatever. That was from More Fun Comics. The Shining Knight, which is an original member. That's Justin. 
He's from Adventure Comics, and the last members were the Star Spangled Kid and Stripesy. And we know who they are. Right. And then the other kid that was in the video, or in the video, in the picture, they said Wing, but apparently... Yeah, Wing. Wing yeah. was never... It was the Crimson Avenger sidekick, but never an official member. Yeah. So that's why it was seven. But I'm like, what's up with the weird... <laughs> I feel like this is just a weird picture. That is and funny, what's up with all the black and white pictures? You didn't grow up back in like the 50s? I know. It's a, I know. A 1941 group. They have black and white pictures. Uh, villains that's over 100 years old. I'm getting so confused with some Decades of ago. <laughs> yes, this is like really yeah. weird. Did we all fall into like a time warp? Is Blue Valley some kind of weird? Yeah, I know. Time Every, tunnel. Time, time, time tunnel with all those tunnels underneath the town. And everything changes. <laughs> okay. Well, that pretty much covers most of the uh, major subjects of this episode. I do have a, a minor Easter egg. We, you know that uh, Henry Thomas is in this? Yes. He's, he's the voice of Chuck. When I saw all that stuff swirl around Henry... At the beginning, he had all the VHS tapes and, yes. and the letter opera swirl. I looked like the, the planet twirl or swirl that E.T. used in, during the movie at the beginning when she's trying to point out home to everybody. Oh, my goodness. I would not have ever thought of that. Yeah, that's my Easter egg. And now, I don't know if you have any music handy. Here's my tinfoil hat theory. Okay, everybody, it's, prepare yeah, yourselves. Roll, please. Beauty and the Beast. Okay. <laughs> this is how Cindy's going to get out. Solomon Grundy is the beast, and of course, she's the beauty. They are, well, I'm not going to, I'm not going to say they're going to hook up or depending on your definition of hook up, but uh, I think they're going to let him out maybe for an experiment or whatever, or she's going to appeal to him with her cries and sobs, and he's going to bust out, and she's going to have him bend to her will. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, that's interesting. Don't you want to see it now? Yeah, I do. <laughs> Weird creepiness. That would be, it would be. (laughs) I do want to just take a moment and say I thought it was interesting, the information that Beth comes up with about the tunnel network, Mm -hmm. about some Freemasons. Why is it always the Masons being blamed with weird stuff? So mysterious, I guess. And I'm sure we're going to get more on that. At least I hope so. They called them the other founding fathers. Yeah, and of course, I'm just stuck with the purge and the new founding fathers. So it's like. Wait, what? <laughs> oh, I was thinking of in 1876, that when the town was founded, that was the centennial of America. And so it's odd, or not odd, ironic, they call themselves the next or the new or the other founding fathers on the centennial, which always happens to be the year of the Custer's last stand. Ah. I, I've read that that happened like a month or two before the centennial, and no one felt like celebrating because the army just suffered this horrible defeat. <laughs> so I guess uh, Custer's supergroup didn't do too well. Well, plus... They wanted community free of interference from the outside. Sounds very cultish. So <laughs> yeah, cultish. we'll see what happens with that. Yes, a cult leader with blonde hair. Wow. And uh, let's just say, oh my gosh, for the final moment. Yeah. When Henry Sr. wakes up. Yeah, and seeing his son had murdered somebody. I mean, another experiment is a success. So that's interesting. And I wonder what's going to happen with that. Because it almost sounded like, I don't know. When he says junior, to me, it's like, is it a question of what's happening? What did you do? Where am I? You know, there's so many questions that can come from that one word. Yeah. Yeah. Well, not much of a brainwave there, but it sure didn't shock him to see a body on the floor. Yeah. Well, he's a scientist. So, you know, apparently nothing shocks him much. Yeah, not much. Well. My boy, my boy. (laughs) (laughs) Chip off the old block. 
Well, you know how we feel and we want to know how you feel. So shoot us an email, contact us at fangirlzone.com and we will answer any questions or comments that you have. We'll happily share it all on the air. We want to know we are not the only ones thinking some of these questions. So while you're at it and cruising the interwebs, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us. I am super excited to see what's going to happen in the next episode. And I hope everybody else is. Uh, uh, Dave, are we ready for this? It's the final episode, correct? Yeah. Well, not the final episode, but the next one anyway. I don't think we have four more. Let's see. Oh, do we? Okay. Yeah, four more. I think there's 13 total. That was nine. So it's oh, 10, yeah. 11, 12, 13. Oh, thank goodness. Because I'm like, how more. are they going to give us everything in one more episode? We have plenty of time for teenage angst. <laughs> well, for this episode of the Star Power Podcast, I am Sean Fangirless. And I'm Dave. And I just want to know did anyone else let go of their staff when Barbara walked in? I did. <laughs> and until next time.